Ready for the interview And if you get a cue Live on the laptop Watch what I'm gonna do Welcome to the show Let them know we got a point of view Hey, yo Let's have a combo Say what you feel Be real, that's the motto Real talk, pronto Doctor D, PhD Hit the intro Hold up, wait Gotta be social Network global Home for the locals Gotta be social Network global Home for the locals so you said by necessity you got into professional cuddling. What's kept you in it? And what do you like most about it? I have worked more dangerous jobs for less money. I don't want to say that professional touring is easy. Because it isn't. There are professional cuddlers who get told by their landlords that they can't bring cuddle clients home. But um, in 2021, I became a stripper and I would be working like four to eight hours a night. And sometimes I come home with just $200. And then there's professional cuddling where I could easily make $200 in nine minutes. So. It's not as taxing on my body as so many other jobs. I mean, I love blue collar work, but it's, I definitely am not exerting my body as much yeah. as I would if I was like a dance teacher. But I also like the freedom to choose my prices. Some agencies do tell you how much you can charge, which sucks, but. A lot of professional cuddlers are independent, so they get to choose their own prices. And I get to travel when I want. When I was 19, I was broke. I could not go on vacations with best friends, let alone just on my own. But now I have the freedom to do that. When I was a stripper, I was an employee because California has bullshit laws on strip clubs. So I, I couldn't travel whenever I wanted and this month I went to Disneyland with a best friend for a couple of days and in less than a week I'm gonna be in New Orleans for several days all by myself and feel like I am living my 19 year old self's wildest dream yeah and Yes, I could have achieved this dream through sex work alone, but it would have taken me much longer to accumulate the funds to do that. Right. What is and it a lot about more emotional labor? Right, right. So take us inside the world of like, you know, you're talking about professional cuddling. Is there, are you, why do people want to get cuddling? I mean, is it a basic instinct desire of humans to be held, to have connection, closeness? Talk a little bit about that. Oh, it absolutely is a basic human need. It's cuddling is a form of intimacy. And so, while not every single person wants to be cuddled, I think every human being to some extent wants intimacy. And intimacy can be 
between relatives, it can be between friends, it can be between lovers. We are social creatures. I mean, once we are born into this world, like we are dependent on our parents. If they just, if they set us down and leave us alone, we'll probably die. Right. <laughs> due to exposure or starvation or something. Right, like right. And so us as children, we need to be held. I, I'm not a neuroscientist, but I'm pretty sure um, in addition to talking to toddlers, holding them also helps with their brain development. Mm. And we still need to be spoken to, we still need to be held once we reach adulthood. And unfortunately for a lot of people, we stop getting that or we get held intimately way less frequently. I mean, think about and just hugging. Like people hug less as they get older often or you experience that like you hug more often like if you have a child and you may hug the child and things of that nature but often adults um, unless they're in very social settings and they're meeting with other people there's not a lot of contact and that that form of contact for people as they get older yeah and it's sad because it is like i don't think cuddling should only exist within families. I don't think cuddling should only exist within romantic relationships and the list keeps going. But for example, I grew up in a suburban neighborhood, a very car dependent neighborhood. The public transit was awful. I really didn't have opportunities to connect with people and bond with people outside of my classmates and my immediate family and so my mom and dad don't really show affection through physical touch their their love language is acts of service they show affection they do favors for me which yeah. is great but um when you live in like a suburb or rural area and the only like three people within a five mile radius don't hug you it's it's gonna take a toll on you yeah mentally. especially if you don't have a car and if you don't have access to the internet and then it's like maybe you can get intimacy through a pet dog and don't get me wrong. I love dogs, but I do need to be held by humans every now and then. <laughs> right. Right. I just, it's interesting because this is, these are, a, it's a deeper conversation than the surface, which is mm -hmm. someone may look at it and go professional cuddling. What is that? What's the, is there some sexual nature to it? But I tend to look at a lot of these things as just deeper human desires and needs about connection and um feeling wanted and desired um mm -hmm. which makes me think about and forgive my ignorance on this but you mentioned like a bdsm dungeon i'm just going to put out yes. there what is that like what is that okay um a dungeon can be a room in a house or it can be it can be an entire house or it can, it can be an entire venue but basically a dungeon is where 
kinky things or or things close to that nature happen, it it's really difficult to describe what BDSM is. It's it's an umbrella term. If I try to list everything that falls within that category, I'll, I'll just ramble for hours. On yeah. But it is an it's a thing for adults. I do not encourage children to dabble in that. Just like how I don't encourage children to become professional cuddlers. Um, and I think a lot of us were not really taught by our families all the ways a person can show affection. Yes. Like my dad, I, I love my dad. But he mainly just worked all day so that he could make money, so that he could put food on the table. Whereas my mom, I mean, my dad did talk to, does talk to me a lot, but my mom definitely does more of the talking. And like through my dad, he didn't really model what an ideal boyfriend would be like for me. My mom didn't really either. And I'm trying not to replicate my parents' relationship where it's just, I don't want to talk about that, but my parents didn't really give me good examples of what a romantic relationship should be like. And my older sister is only older by a few years. And um, I don't think she has been in romantic relationships for long periods of time. I mean, she's currently married, but it's only been about two years so far. And so um, honestly, I would say my grandparents really modeled what affection should look like. And it sucks because I didn't like live with my grandparents they lived in a separate house my pretty much my entire childhood and yeah. it, was, it was rough being 16 17 18 19 trying to figure out what i needed in a relationship because what you need and what you want may not always be the same like yeah. needs are good communication needs are uh quality time and well um, I went through a breakup this year and it was my longest relationship to date and I have been in numerous romantic relationships since I became a professional cuddler and um, I don't really come across people in real life who are against professional cuddling yeah I mainly come across like friends, classmates, classmates, neighbors who are concerned about my safety. I don't think I've ever been told I would not date you because you're a professional cuddler. I, but I do hear a lot of I worry about you because you're my best friend and you're going into strangers' homes, and who knows if they're recording you, you know. And so yeah, I. 
I would be lying if I said being yeah. a professional cuddler doesn't complicate dating. Like I've been with my current partner for over a year now. We love each other. And then when I started going to cuddle parties, he was like, oh, oh you're going to go to cuddle parties? And he is totally cool with me with me being a professional cuddler. And he was like, oh, what's going to happen at this cuddle party? Because I think he thought that I was just going to some swinger house. Yeah. And I was like, no, 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 we're not like full on naked having an orgy. We're we're just cuddling. It's all platonic. And um, no person I've ever dated has been a cuddle client or has gone to a cuddle party. I am the person who introduces the whole world of professional cuddling to them. I would and think so. so I mean, how many yeah. people are, I think it's a very unique thing because like, I actually knew someone who did professional cuddling a long time ago. And when they told me, I was like, this is a thing. I had no clue. But then, you know, it wasn't like on this level, like what you're talking about. And mm -hmm. uh, I've, I've talked to a lot of people in the sex work industry and different industries related to in intimacy and all those. There's, I have not met a professional cuddler since then until now. And I thought this is a very interesting topic to discuss because I think it's much deeper than what the surface reveals itself to be for most people. Yeah, I get really mixed reactions when I converse with strangers. Now, I normally don't get chatty with strangers, but sometimes I have small talk with other people like um my boyfriend took me to a house party a few months ago and he's like i want you to meet some of my best friends whom i met through college i'm like okay and so we get there and these are friends who are pretty conservative and if they're not conservative then like their spouse is conservative so I would like bring up professional cuddling and then they would literally just start ignoring me, which was very rude. Mm. And so that hurt my feelings. And at one point during the party, I think I needed a Benadryl because of allergies. I don't know what, but I, I recall at some point I needed a Benadryl. And so I asked my boyfriend to drive me to the nearest pharmacy and we got the Benadryl and the cashier just started making small talk. Like, hi, what do you do for a living? What does she do for a living? No. And, you know, my boyfriend says his occupation. Then I say my occupation. And then the cashier just goes, oh. And then just goes back to talking to my boyfriend because I guess it's too difficult to talk to me. Mm. And I was offended by that. Like we got back into the car and I'm like, I am, I do not want to go back to this party. Um, fuck those people. Also, what is up with that cashier? Why, why was I treated like that? And um, I don't know how old the cashier was. He could have been like a high schooler. Mm. And my boyfriend's like, oh, you should not take it so personally. And... It's just, I don't think my boyfriend has ever 
been judged for his occupation like I have. And um, actually this morning, right before we started our interview, I went to a cafe to buy myself some pastries and an ube latte, which is really good. And um, the, the cashier starts making small talk with me. She's like, what do you do for a living? And then I said, I'm a professional cuddler. And I mean, I, I was considering some podcast host, but I then would have to say what I talk about. So I just decided to cut to the chase and say, I'm a professional cuddler. And she thought I said photographer. And I do love me some photography, but I'm mainly a professional cuddler. And so I think she said, uh, oh, yeah, I think I've heard about it once in my entire life. Don't you like go to people's houses and stuff? And like, yeah, sometimes a couple of people in my office and sometimes I go to people's houses. And I was so scared that at, when she said, I've heard about it once before, it would have been like a super negative misconception. Yeah. The only thing I guess she heard beforehand was sometimes professional cuddlers go directly to people's houses, which um, on the surface sounds pretty tame. I've, I do talk about uh, professional cuddling on some forums on Reddit, and I've definitely been judged just for saying, oh yeah, sometimes I go directly to people's houses. Mm-hmm. And that just makes me not want to dig deeper. Um, it's so... Strange is not the right word. Um, it's odd how different people react to what I say. Because uh, there's this one episode of my podcast that I'm really proud of. Uh, it's a public episode with my boyfriend. And we talk about polyamory and sex work. And I in preparation for that episode, I start researching what polyamorous people have to say about sex work. And I research what sex workers have to say about polyamory. And to my surprise, one group of people was pretty mean. <laughs> and then the other group of people, okay, I'm gonna just say it. Sex workers are pretty nice when it comes to polyamory. They're like, yeah, some people are, some people aren't. Okay, whereas, the other group of people, I wish I could say the same. And it's just, <laughs> I used to have a TikTok and I've had two TikTok accounts deleted at this point. I never have one that lasts longer than a year, but uh, both accounts that I had, I would frequently talk about professional cuddling. And you would think I would be given more attention because I, spoke about sex work but no I actually got more attention because I spoke about professional cuddling like so many people talk about sex work nowadays which is good don't get me wrong that's good but not as many people are talking about professional cuddling and so uh I have not checked TikTok in months but I'm pretty sure if I were to download the app and just search hashtag professional cuddling, I'm mainly going to get a bunch of uh, true crime fans sharing their god-awful takes on cuddle parties and professional cuddling. And um, 
Serial killers target marginalized people, especially women. And I don't really understand why so many people idolize serial killers and then make jokes about how if you're a woman who goes to a cuddle party, you're basically asking to get raped and kidnapped. And I, like, I, I am pretty sure my boyfriend, my therapist, my friends, everyone would say, do not read the horrid comments on the internet from ignorant people who just delight in bullying professional cuddlers, but I do read the comments. And I remember at one point I was perusing this Christian forum and a lot of Christians wonder if it's ethical, if it's Christ-like to pay a professional cuddler and as awful as some of the comments I read were through perusing these Christian forums, I found out that there is a professional cuddler in the Bible. You know the story David and David versus Goliath? Of course. Well, King David had a professional cuddler. I don't remember the exact um book and the line number but he had a professional cutter and i it, it just it doesn't make sense to me when christians say that cuddling is reserved for married couples only it really doesn't a lot of people think that cuddling is just like foreplay for sex. They cannot fathom that people can cuddle and not have sex afterwards. Right. It's just for the people are just cuddling. There's no sexual activity. It's literally just being together and cuddling, correct? Yeah. And yeah. one of the reasons why uh, I do occasionally compare professional cuddling to sex work is because pretty much what swerfs say about sex workers i've seen people on the internet say about professional cuddlers and so swerf stands for sex worker exclusive radical feminist it's a very popular term in the united states i'm sure other countries have their own acronym for those who claim to be feminists but hate sex workers and like i hear i don't know man it's just when i still had to talk i remember getting comments from people saying you're taking advantage of the only men and i would make the argument that predatory people on the internet like pickup artists who claim that any woman will sleep with you if you do xyz with her and i think dating apps like tinder and bumble prey on lonely men way more than professional cuddlers do like i I'm so glad that the internet is such a new invention 
because if like incel forums were a thing in like the 1970s, I wonder where the world would be like now. Because those predatory communities are mobilizing facts. And, and it's just, people make so many excuses to justify their awful takes. Like, um, so I'm a professional peddler who requires who requires deposits before meeting, right? I will not cuddle someone if they don't Venmo me or cash at me first. And most professional cuddlers have a different policy when it comes to deposits. Some do 50%, some do 100%, some do like 20%. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who would say that deposits almost guarantee that you're being scammed. And well, I may not discriminate based off of age, but I do gravitate towards my younger clientele because those people, they don't think, oh, Venmo, what is that? Is that like a scam? Oh, deposits, what are that? Is that a scam? And it's just, I'm not denying that there are, there are good people out there who have been scams. But the thing is, um, so I grew up with the internet, right? I am very grateful to have parents who told me, now, if you see someone on the internet whom you don't know claiming to be like <laughs> your long lost uncle or aunt and they need you to wire transfer them $2,000, don't do it. Um, right. But not every person grew up with the internet and not everyone has had internet access for like a long period of time and so it's just I don't really know who to blame for the lack of like digital security safety education but it's certainly not small business owners to blame if you've been scammed by I don't know, some Nigerian prince. And yeah, like, but you, what? you know, scamming is not new to the internet. I mean, it's been going on. It's not new pretty, to the internet. Yeah, it's not new. It's like people have been scamming people throughout the ages. It's just a different form of scamming. It and it's maybe more, it may be more accessible scamming through the internet and to reach more people it was like the scammers who were around before the internet it was like a crazy hustle even crazier hustle because it had to be like an in-person scam Mm -hmm. and you it was even more like insidious in many ways because you had to actually have contact with people and scam them and it's, it's now it's it can be done digitally um and you never know the person who did it to you you may never know that. So it's it's a it's a strange landscape. I think all of it is a strange landscape. But I think what the internet has done is it's just created it. It's opening people's eyes to worlds that they once had never even knew existed. And like professional cuddling, if it's the first time for someone hearing about it or learning about it, it's probably just because it hasn't been in their lexicon, hasn't been in their landscape before. 
You know, it's, it's yeah. new and people are afraid of things that are new and that are different from what they're used to. Like you talked about built like examples of um, intimacy or building romantic relationships. And I started thinking myself, well, how many people's parents are good at that, teaching their children that? You know, probably not many about to that. So the Internet is giving people lots of information, some good, some bad. But that's the point is you have to be able to be discerning about what is actually uh, going to benefit you and what is actually not going to benefit you. And that could be tricky for people as well. And there's people have preconceived conceptions about what cuddling is or is this good or this is bad. My goal, my goal is always just to learn what is this? What is it about? And inform my opinion after getting information about it, you know. I am both blessed and cursed to have so much to say about this topic. Right. Um, after every interview, I'm like, oh, there was just, I could have talked about this and that and yeah. this and that. And I want to write books about this. But yeah. it's like your debut book, unfortunately, it, does say it does say a lot about you like with your debut book if if like it's not good people aren't going to be like well well maybe their other book is even better it's like i really want to write a book about this but i am an overwriter mm. i never want to stop writing and I'm constantly going to say to myself, like, what if I include this? What if I do another chapter? And it's just, I will say most of the, most of the time I get interviewed, I get asked very similar questions. Um, there have been very, very few people who have interviewed me more than once. And so I'm thinking of just answering the most common questions I get, like what typically happens during a cuddle session. Uh -huh. it's Oh my gosh, there are so many things pertaining to safety for professional cuddlers, like getting deposits, screening people, and um, having having a plan for transportation. And what if, like, this bus is not running, or what if the subway is not running? How, how do you get to your appointment still? And it's honestly, I could do multiple books on safety for professional yeah. cuddlers alone but i know my audience like there are some people who listen to my podcast who are cuddle clients a lot of them are cuddle clients and then there are some who are sex workers who are curious about professional cuddling and then there are the professional cuddlers and then there are people who, do, who don't fall under any of those categories and they literally just like the sound of my voice and hearing me talk so it's like i want to please all of these people but how do you please everyone? I mean, you're a podcast host. Of course. Do you have the answer? I know I don't try to please everyone. I, oh, okay. I focus on looking at or talking to people that interest me. And it's my education. And if other people want to come along on that, that's their choice. And if they don't, they don't want to. So some of my episodes are like universally like loved and people are like, this is a great thing that a lot of people would like. And some of it's maybe more out there and only I'm into it. And uh, so 
every episode, every time I reach out, it's because it's just really, it's about what I'm interested in and what I'm curious about. So not everyone's going to like, I mean, I've done over 500 episodes. I'm sure there's many episodes people don't care for. That's okay. But it's, it's generally my education and uh, it's dangerous to be unknowledgeable about things and to form opinions on things with nothing. Like most people like are very easy to break down because once you ask them to explain the thing that they're into, if they have no knowledge about it, but they just believe in it, then it's easy to destroy it, what they're into. And so I never want to be that. I want to always have uh, at least a decent amount of knowledge about the things that I'm talking about after I talk to people and then continue to do it so that I can be someone that's like, okay, listen, I don't have all the answers, but at least I've taken the time to try to understand this. I'm never going to be in that world, but I'm going to try to understand it. And I'm going to be understanding of what's going on. And I, I love talking to people like yourself because I think it's just, it illuminates things to me of different parts of life that people cast off without even understanding it. You have to seek to understand. If we don't seek to understand, then we're just making judgments all the time. I don't think that's good for people. You know? mm -hmm. And pleasing everyone. You can't do that for everyone. You can't please everyone. It's impossible. That was very profound. I just need to digest that. Let's digest for, that, for Felicity. <laughs> it's like, like what you're doing. You know, in, in my opinion, there's nothing wrong with it. And are there safety aspects to it? Sure. Of course there are. And you know all this and we don't need to go into it. You've talked to other people. Um, but I also think it's people are born and they're giving a pathway towards what intimacy is. And they're in this lane and you are not allowed to veer out of this lane in general. But the truth is that people love, connect, grow with each other in a myriad of ways that are outside of the culture. And I'm not interested in demonizing that. I'm interested in learning about it. I may never be into any of it, but it's my job to at least as a human to understand it and then understand why this person does it and then just be there for them. That's it. You're just straight up spitting fire. That's a tough act to follow. <laughs> and this reminds me of a cuddle appointment I had this week. Because, yeah. um, so I don't know what this cuddle client's relationship is with his parents. But uh. I'm just going to infer <laughs> that he doesn't have the kind of parents who would talk about sex with yeah. And I was telling him about how I came out as a sex worker to my parents this year. And in addition, I came out as kinky. Yeah. They still don't know I'm a professional cuddler yet. And when I was with my old boyfriend, I came out as a sex worker to his family. And we were talking about how I should do it. I was like, Hey, should I say I'm a dominatrix? Should I say, hey, I'm a stripper? Should I just say, hey, I'm a 
I'm a sex worker, like, how should I do it? And then he told me, if I were to come out to his family, I should use words they understand. So they may not know what a dominatrix is, but sex worker, they'll, they'll probably have heard that term at least once. And then um, I came out to my parents this year, shortly after I broke up with that dude. And yeah. I used the term sex worker. I was very adamant that I was not going to specify. I was not going to say, hey, I, I'm a stripper. Okay, I, I did I did tell them I'm a stripper, but I prefer the term sex worker because I don't plan on going back to stripping anytime soon. And so um, my parents immediately thought I was being sex trafficked because they, my parents are in their late 50s. They've had five decades of propaganda shoved into their faces. I did not expect them to completely understand overnight. So um, I'm doing my part in educating them. I'm really trying. And then I came out as kinky, which my parents also don't really understand. And when I was talking to my cuddle client this week, he was like, well, why tell them? Why tell them? And I gave him a very um, throwaway answer. I just wanted to move on to the next topic. I said, well, because I do BDSM in my work life and in my personal life. So it would be very hard to hide that from my parents. But the thing is, I, I don't cuss around my parents. I don't drink alcohol in front of my parents. I don't drink alcohol to begin with, but uh, I don't listen to explicit music in front of my parents. I don't make crude jokes around them. I don't smoke in general, but even if I did, I don't know if I would smoke around my parents. And I just, I don't know, man. I, I think it's weird if someone cusses and drinks makes crude jokes and smokes around their parents for them to judge me for telling my mom that I'm kinky. I mean, those are all adult things. Why is it socially acceptable to do some adult things like drink alcohol around your parents, but not say, hey, mom, I'm a kinky person. I think it's just how things have been. I think it's there's a lot of tradition in life. And with a lot of people, you've been on one track in your life. The majority of humans are in a, in a lane, uh, kind of a, how do I put this, kind of a synchronized lane. We're synchronized swimming towards certain ideas. And then when something is outside of that idea, it immediately gets put into bad bin. It's like, this is bad. This isn't part of normal sexual behavior, let's say in this aspect, or normal intimacy behavior. So it must not be right. If someone is a dominatrix, they're going to immediately be said, this is outside of the normal synchronization of intimacy. So this, this is something's wrong with this person. Reality, that's not necessarily true at all. But if that's what you've been systematically told, then that's what you're going to believe. I, I, I think these walls are breaking down, though. I really do. I think that... The more these type of conversations happen, the more that 
through the internet and different means, people seeing behind the scenes, it's going to change the perception. I mean, there's lots of wonderful people out there working to decriminalize sex work. I'm talking to them. I will be talking to them. Just like there's decriminalization efforts in different things in life. I think we're on the forefront of this. I mean, the reality is, is that people are judging other people on stuff that they often have no idea what it's about. It's like no idea. And again, it goes back to, are you willing to even just have the conversation? Right? Or is a parent willing to listen to their child tell them that they're kinky? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe, that, maybe in 100 years, 50 years, this is a normal conversation. Maybe. You know, I think in the end, you want someone to be happy. You want them to feel like they're the authentic self. And if that's not harming other people and in a, in a, in a very negative, if it's if it's help fulfilling their contentment in life again in a positive way for them and it's helping other people. I'm not sure why that's deemed a, a really terrible thing. You know? Yeah, I went to my first ever BDSM convention this weekend. Oh, and I bought a lot of books and one of the books I bought is titled when someone you love is kinky and it's written by a psychologist a lot of people swear by it i do want to read the book before i give it to my mom and even if i like the book and i give it to her and she never reads it i'm not going to hold it against her because i certainly do not enjoy every single book i read like i love my boyfriend to death he recently handed me a book i read like 60 pages of it and i hated it like I legit told him that I wanted to throw it in the trash so that no one will ever have to read the book. But, oh, well, sometimes sometimes the people you love do not have the same tastes in literature as of you, course. and that's fine. There are so many different ways to get information nowadays. Like, I think my parents are now starting to listen to podcasts. Like, I think my dad the other day told me he's listening to podcasts to help him improve his English because oh, okay. both my parents... English is their either their second or their third language. So I hope the podcast hosts he's listening to are as nice as you. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Well, I, you know, I just I try to have on these conversations just different versions of conversations. A lot of listening. The listening, I think, is really important. Uh, but also have people understand you as a human is really important uh, versus like, I think you had mentioned to me like in our um, correspondence before this, like, you know, some people just ask me like, Oh, when's the last time you had sex and stuff? I'm like, well, you know, listen, that's, that seems so vapid to me. Um, It's just, it's actually also kind of just dehumanizing and think, well, just distilling you down to this aspect of yourself. Um, When, Everybody, no matter what they're doing, there's more to them than just the surface level. And how are we going to know that if we don't ask interesting things and understand the conditions of people's life, the context of it? And listen, you're doing something important. It's like telling your mom you're kinky and then giving her a book. You're giving her information. You're allowing her to get knowledge and then come to a better understanding or decision of how she feels about it. That's generally how it should be done. So 
Um, sounds like you're living a pretty interesting existence. And uh, I'm glad you gave me some of your time to talk about that so that I could understand it better. Thank you for being so understanding. Of course, of course. And um, can you tell everyone how they could check out your podcast so they can maybe be introduced to professional cuddling and kind of the ins and outs of it? Okay, I am currently editing an episode that I'm very proud of. And since my boyfriend's a Pacific Islander, I decided to research what is the cuddle industry like in the Pacific or Oceania? And I didn't want it to just be pure research, me reading a bunch of statistics and numbers. So for one half of the episode, I talked to him and I'm like, okay, how was your upbringing like in Guam? Did people call you gay if you hugged a best friend who was the same gender as you? Because I did when I was like 11. And so we had a very interesting discussion about consent and how he was socialized. And when that episode is out, I will not shut up about it. You can listen to Pro Cuddle Hustle on many different platforms. I will say Spotify is probably the most well-known app that you can listen to my podcast on. I do also upload my episodes on YouTube. It's on Stitcher. It's so many, so many platforms. And I'm considering building a Reddit presence for my podcast. I don't know how well Reddit is for promotion, but I do update my Instagram, my Twitter, my Facebook nearly every day. And a lot of episodes of my podcast get inspired by conversations I have on my socials. So if you use social media, please follow ProCuddle Hustle. And on my Instagram, I try to upload polls onto my story every single day. Please vote on those polls. There are some polls that are cuddle clients only, professional cuddlers only, and then some that I just want everyone to vote on. So it really helps. I don't think a lot of university level researchers have published anything really about professional cuddling. If it is, it's probably extremely vacuous. Sorry to all the researchers listening to this, but <laughs> I, re I really do want to document the cuddle industry. There are so many cuddle websites that went under in 2020. I don't think most of them are ever going to come back. And that's just so much history lost in an instant. So if you would that? like to help me preserve the cuddle industry, please follow me and listen to Pro Cuddle Hustle. Perfect. Well, Felicity, thank you so much for your time and uh, providing all that information. And uh, I'll be in touch for sure. Thank you so much.